Hey, welcome. It is uh, eight minutes after the hour. Virginia is for lovers, but maybe it won't be for gun lovers soon. I'll give you the details on that. It is uh, my pleasure to have in the studio Eminem, mm-hmm. Megan and Mike on board. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are things over at Black Rifle? I see you brought me a couple of uh, fun things to talk about. As always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those look good. We uh, very often will start with... Um, some audio from, uh, for instance, John Lott uh, or, or other pro-gun people explaining the, the problems with the gun control um, mentality. But we're going to start this morning kind of backwards. We're going to play you some audio from a gun control advocate. And when you want to interrupt, just say so, and uh, we'll stop it. You can make your comments. But I thought it was uh, kind of fun to listen to this guy uh, this morning. Now, you guys haven't heard this at all, so you have no idea... What an idiot he is. I mean, what he has to say. Uh, oops, sorry, silly me. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's what we'll do. And if you throw your hand up, Brian may see you and stop even faster. Um, so, with that in mind, uh, let us uh, do this. We are going to uh, go to, uh, the, and he's a talk show host. His name is David Parkman. And here is his position on guns. I want to take a little bit of time to talk about the reality of whether gun safety regulations work to reduce not just gun violence but violence more generally because the right has a lot of really concise and neat sounding talking points i've said before the right has the advantage on framing george lakoff has written about this uh uh, abortion is murder so it should be illegal that is a really simple talking point and the left position on abortion is not the opposite of that. It is nuanced. It is complex. And on guns, the right has guns don't kill people, people kill people. More guns would make us safer. Uh, Gun-free zones are the problem because only good guys follow the rules and the bad guys will bring guns into gun-free zones. More guns, less crime. People will find a way to do the killing even without a gun. So banning guns or making them harder to access doesn't do anything. Now, there are actually a whole host of ways to think about this, and all of them point in one direction, which is actually gun safety rules and restrictions do work. There was a really good post on our subreddit by a user named Nostalgic Seon, and some of their ideas are in this segment. Now, one argument that's common is it doesn't matter what you make illegal. People will get it if it's a good way to kill people. Has anybody heard of a mass killing via grenade? Grenades are easy to detonate. They have a big blast radius. You don't have to be nearly as accurate as you do with a firearm. Yet there are no mass killing incidents involving grenades. Well, why not? Turns out there's really strict regulation of grenades. They're really difficult to get. Another example, M4 and AR-15 rifles are very similar. Different barrel sizes. The M4 has uh, uh, some firing modes, three-round burst and fully auto-firing options. But all else being equal, M4s are harder to get, they're more expensive. The mass shootings are overwhelmingly AR-15s and never M4s. Wow, what a shocker. What about just in general fully automatic weapons? Fully automatic weapons would do a ton of killing in a mass shooting, but they aren't used because you need to jump through all sorts of legal hoops to get them. They're really expensive. So the laws do work. All right, stop that for... All right, so um, he says, uh, you know, you can prohibit these things. I mean, after all, hand grenades would do a real, a real good job doing mass killings. You don't, and they're easy to use. We don't see a lot of people using those. 
how many people know how to actually make a grenade functional? Because well, I can do you know, I can do a form one and manufacture a grenade. Well, I uh, I've seen enough movies to know you you hold the, the handle <laughs> down, you pull the pin. But I've also I've also seen enough military training scenarios where people can't accurately use a grenade. But you know that's kind of beside the point. We're still well, I mean. He, he, he gave the arguments for us at the start, you know, which, okay, they're, they're looking at trying to make them more expensive. But guess what? The bad guys are still going to find a way to get some sort of illegal firearm. So, again, if you try to regulate an AR-15 or something that they deem evil, you know, just because it's so close to an M4, if they, if they try to take it, its regulations to the extent of actually purchasing an M4 or a fully automatic firearm and the regulations required now, all you're doing is, again, hurting the good law-abiding citizens that are still going to follow the regulations to get the stuff properly. And the bad guys are still going to skirt it and get them through the black market and get them illegally like they've already been doing. So those regulations, I mean, it, it comes right back to the arguments he made for us at the start is all you're doing is hurting the good law-abiding citizens. And, you know, the bad guys are still going to do their thing. Well, it's not as though people who wanted to blow people up haven't been successful in doing so. I mean, and, look at the Boston Marathon. I mean... Yep, and uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. And uh, there have been other cases in the United States where people wanted to blow things up, but they didn't necessarily want to do that. They want to shoot... <clears throat> and uh, they're going to get the gun no matter what. And, and this is going to sound, you know, bad. Uh, you know, depending on how you look at it. But you know, he talks about okay, somebody would be able to kill more people with a fully automatic. I would possibly, I would possibly go against that. Well, there's there's one more thing here. There's the economic uh, uh, factor here. Most of us buy guns for self protection. In mm -hmm. fact, we have some data here to, to indicate. Uh, just how many guns we have in this country and what the reasons are for owning them. But we don't have hand grenades for self-protection. There's not a big demand for hand grenades. No, there's not. <laughs> That's not like I'm thinking, I'm going to stop by uh, Black Rifle, I'll pick up an AR-15, a couple dozen hand grenades. Uh, I might. Oh, trust me, if we could, I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody. But the reason that they're not ubiquitous is because nobody wants them. No, I mean, yeah. So True. There, there's no practicality to them. I mean, in, honest, in all honesty, as much as I've shot fully automatic stuff, for most of us, there's no real practicality in mm -mm. owning a fully automatic firearm. It's fun. You get a little hoot when you get yep. out there yep. and do it, uh, but it's impractical. I don't mm -hmm. want to spend that much money on ammo just for a three quick seconds. Day. Yeah, for I mean, three, uh -huh. three seconds of fun, and it's done. Yeah. I mean, back when I had the first bump stock, you know, that I was using, I was like, "Hey, it's fun. It's a novelty, but it's not practical because you know, it's like, okay, I spent how much more money on an accessory to put on my gun to then in turn spend even more money on ammunition that's just gonna, you know, it, it's it scratches an itch." And a very small one. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. So it's not, uh, it's it, it's likely that the biggest problem with not using hand grenades is they're impractical. Uh, the second biggest problem is, economically, nobody's manufacturing these things hand over fist because there's a huge mm -hmm. demand. People are manufacturing firearms. Yep. So um, his argument about... There's one over in Boonville. One what? A place that manufactures firearms. Oh, is there? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. what, what? What? Do they have a specialty? 
You know, oh, like semi-automatics. Or... Yeah, semi-automatic AR-15 yeah. varieties. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any chance you get to throw in a plug. <laughs> you are such a prostitute. <laughs> All right, 16 minutes after the hour, exploding the myths on gun control. We'll come back and uh, play some more of this, uh, this genius, uh, uh, David Parkman. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Hey, welcome. It is uh, 21 minutes after the hour, and uh, we've got Megan and Mike from Black Rifle down in Boonville, the second exit, the middle exit. Now, however you want to describe it, that's that's uh, the exit to get off of, to get to Black Rifle. We've been playing some uh, David Parkman commentary on gun control. We've already exposed a couple of the myths in his argument, uh, but uh, he had more to say. Guns that are more difficult to get and more expensive aren't used in mass shootings. So then some people will bring up, well, the real problem is handguns and individual homicides, not mass shootings and the types of firearms used within them. It's really a distraction. You can kill one person in many, many different ways, and it is difficult to stop a determined person from killing one other person. But the success of mass shootings or mass killing events is much more dictated by the firepower and the destructive nature of that firepower that's available. And if you zoom out and you look at studies across many countries, the theme, the arc is homicide rate goes down when gun restrictions are made law. But it's got to be taken seriously. It can't be just one law. There's All right, hold it, hold it, hold it. By Oxford hold it. That is just patently false. Um, if you uh, compare the United States to to similar populations, which would be more, for instance, than Great Britain, you find that uh, there just isn't uh, very many, there just aren't very many uh, mass shootings uh, in the United States. We're, we're down around the bottom, frankly. Uh, so that just uh, is nonsense. Uh, there's um, also ample evidence that when you uh, restrict guns, Bad guys still get them, uh, and, and we know that uh, rifles, AR-15s, which is you know the bane of this guy's existence, are used in very few murders in this country. Yeah, blunt objects and like are are used more than rifles and ARs are. I mean, it's there was a company here quite a few years back that just to kind of bring light to that subject decided to to make an assault hammer. Uh, and marketed in that way because they are more deadly than AR-15s are, and that company happened to make AR-15s also. Assault uh, hammer? They, uh -huh. Yeah, they made. The assault yeah, hammer. Yeah, they marketed it as an assault hammer because you'd be more likely to be killed by one of them than an AR-15. Makes sense, uh, but he doesn't get it. Um, and <clears throat> when they, and he's going to make another comment here about uh, what happens when they pass gun control uh, in uh, cities and states and countries around the world. And I think he's mistaken on that, too. Uh, so let's go back and rejoin David Parkman on his anti-gun rail. What do we know about the association between firearm legislation and firearm-related injuries? What we learn is that it usually takes a pretty major legislative overhaul. It's not just background checks alone to see significant changes. Restricting access to guns and their purchase is associated with a reduction in firearm deaths. This tells us... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we play that again? That Just that last uh, sentence, if you could. If you overshoot, that's okay, but I just want to go back and hear that again. 
This is uh, David Parkman. Background checks alone to see significant changes. Restricting access to guns and their purchase is associated with a reduction in firearm deaths. All right. Restricting is associated with fire. What? That doesn't make sense. Even if that was true, correlation does not equate causation. causation. All right, go ahead. This tells us that just passing background checks is likely to have only a very small effect. What we need is a combination of 100% universal background checks, yes, restrictions on the most deadly weapons, requiring permitting and licensing for guns. I'd like to see mandatory insurance policies for gun owners as well. All right, hold it, hold it. You said mandatory background checks. If anybody knows the problems with background checks, it ought to be the folks from Black Rifle. Because uh, most of the background checks uh, where somebody is allegedly not uh, in a position to buy a firearm legally are actually in error. Am I, am I not correct on that? Yeah, I mean, we actually just had a gentleman that only has a few minor things on his record that's been buying firearms since he's been legally able to that got denied on his background check went through the full appeals process for the FBI to come back and say, basically, yep, we screwed that up. We need to change this in the system. Um, we've got some uh, data here on, on background. Under federal law, it's illegal to, and punishable by up to 10 years in prison for um, people to receive, possess, or transport any firearm or ammunition. Someone convicted of or under indictment for felony, punishable by more than a year in prison. Convicted of misdemeanors punishable by more than two years in prison. Fugitive from justice, unlawful user of uh, a controlled substance, etc., etc. It's illegal and punishable by up to ten years in prison to sell or transfer any firearm or ammunition to someone while knowing or having a reasonable cause to believe that the person falls prey. Now, I mean, that's something to really look into there. I mean, if you think about it, if... I mean, hypothetically speaking, if somebody were to come in and uh, kind of quote unquote make a mistake on their 4473, uh, and then uh, so oh no, hang on, that's not the case, and they would want to correct it. First off, they're probably lying on the 4473, but second off, that's why we stopped the transaction right there because if you know now something has popped up and caused a red flag for us and we're like no this person's very likely prohibited from purchasing and if we go ahead and go through with that transaction then that punishment is doled out to us well interestingly uh during 2010 uh let's see it uh, conducted six million firearm checks resulting in over seventy-two thousand denials prosecuted 33 yep Obtained a guilty plea in 13. How are those background checks working? Between 2006 and 2010, um, federal uh, background check denial investigations uh, decreased by 50%, prosecution by 77, guilty pleas and verdicts decreased by 82%. So the background checks, they're not making a dent. They're not making a difference. Let's continue with his rant. And Elizabeth Warren is proposing a lot of this stuff, and I'll get to that a little bit later. When you look at countries like South Africa and Australia, even when you look within states in the United States that have made changes, the results are very clear. 
But in the end, none of this matters because on this issue, the facts don't matter. They are well-funded on the pro-gun side. They are well-equipped to dismiss any study and to tell you that you're a bad person for wanting this stuff and you're against freedom. And in the end, in addition to these changes legislatively, there has to be a cultural change. I've been talking about this for years at this point. We need to stop being a culture where so many people want so many guns. We need to stop being a culture where so many people see guns as a tool to solve problems, be they societal, political, cultural, personal. We need to stop being a culture that raises so many radicals and extremists. But we also need to do all of these other things which any other civilized country would have done if they were in our position, which countries like New Zealand so quickly did once they suffered a mass killing event like this. All right, so what we know from New Zealand is the drug dealers said, literally said publicly, and the gangs said, we're not turning in our guns because we would become vulnerable. It's the best part of the entire process there. Yeah. Well, and, and he's, he's using all these other, you know, cities and everything saying, hey, where, where this is enacted, things get better. But I'm sitting there Chicago. looking at pages in Chicago. Um, so right here in front of me, um, you know, you're looking at in 1980 when a handgun law became, uh, became effective, uh, you're looking at around 20... 223 murders per 100,000 people uh, in Chicago. Uh, that went up to almost 35 murders per 1,000 people. And then in like 2010, when it was lifted, it dropped to around 15. So they took away the ban and the murders went down. So, I mean, that just goes to show, I mean, look at all the places that have the heaviest gun regulations. You have the highest rates of crime, especially murder. Most dangerous places to be. A little bit more from Mr. Parkman coming up next. If you have a comment, feel free, 874-9390, toll free, 800-529-5572. Black Rifles in the building on the Gary Young Gun Show. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you, mate. Uh, um, M &M. Right again, Mike and Megan, yes, Eminem <laughs> from Black Rifle on board with us from Poodville. Listen, I got a tip for you folks. I can't give you all the details because it's insider information, and I got to hope then the federal government doesn't come after me for sharing this insider information. But what you want to do is you want to go to the Black Rifle website and sign up for their insider Actually, CMMG. you want to go to the CMMG website. CMMG. Yeah, it's cmmginc.com backslash insider. CMMG. Insider. Insider. No, it's, it, isn't it backslash? Where's the backslash? Do it yeah, again. cmmginc.com backslash. cmmginc.com backslash insider. You want to go there, and I will tell you right now, you want to do it today. You want to go there and sign up. I can't give you the details because Mike's pointing a gun at me. And if I say one more word. But you could win that gun. Oh, hang on. What? Wait, what? I didn't say anything. Huh? Oh, you slipped. Uh-oh. Oh, you slipped. Oh, man, are you in trouble? I'm telling Mom. Uh, it's, uh, I'm just telling you right now, go to that website. Give them the website one more time. Uh, C-M-M-G-I-N-C.com backslash insider. You want to sign up. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. All right? Something cool is coming. Yeah. Uh, what was that website again? <laughs> <laughs> you can do it every time I try to take a drink, aren't you? <laughs> I see what you're doing now. Oh, uh, yeah.
cmaginc.com backslash insider. <laughs> Sign up for it. Uh, 37 minutes after the hour, and uh, David Parkman... Uh, oh, we gotta go back to him? Well, for a few more minutes, anyway, because... Hey, at least, at least he has a rational tone while he's talking, and he's mm, just not just, you know, just flailing and sounding completely idiotic. But, okay, we, we can go. We can go? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, Mr. Parkman. The policies work, but they don't work uh, individually. They need to be a package of policies, but the culture is a big part of this, and so many other things relate to this, none of which, none of which the pro-gun fetishist American right wing connected to the very well-funded uh, gun lobby is willing to even consider. What did he just Let me know us? think I'm on Twitter at D Pacman. I hope you'll follow me there. I hope you'll follow the show on Twitter at David Pacman Show. And I hope you'll join me this evening, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, that's it. enough. That's enough. Um, so he says the reason gun control laws don't work is because we don't have enough other laws surrounding them. Enough other things to make the difference. By the way, Richard makes a point on Facebook about his grenade analogy. He said the problem with grenades is they explode in all directions, including the direction of the one who threw the grenade. Exactly. Valid point. Yeah, that's, that's another very good <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of the things you're like, why wouldn't you want this for self-defense? I'm like, because I don't want to toss that down a hallway and get, you know, I mean, it, be aware of your target and what's beyond it. In this case, it's be aware of your target and what's around it yeah. in the immediate area. So the Pretty specious arguments, if you ask me, but that's what the left are hiding behind. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that I have ever seen a really good cogent, well-made uh, conversation from the uh, anti-gunners uh, that had me stumped and had me thinking, wow. Well, I mean, if, if you go back to his opening uh, of what he was just saying there, I mean, he, he basically, he, he hit the nail on the head right off the bat, and then he tried to circumvent what he had already, you know, he had already taken down. His, right off the bat, he said, Pro-gun people have these arguments for these reasons. They're well thought out. They have, you know, they have science behind them. They have reports behind them. They have stats to back up everything that they're arguing against. And basically, anti-gunners are emotional, and they have no valid arguments. Uh, and then he turns around to have no valid arguments. Though yeah. he's making, he's, you know, I think that might be part of his calm demeanors. He's trying to make it sound like they're valid. Uh, because he it sounds like he's trying well, to report some news or something of that sort, but he's he's got no good facts to back up what he's saying. Yeah, and uh, and that's the problem with uh, the anti-gunners. Now, interestingly, on my way in this morning, I was listening to ninety three ninety Eagle, and they were talking about tasers. Did either one of you have the radio on mm -mm. at that hour? I did not. And uh, the guy was saying that they're thinking about using tasers to arm teachers in schools. Because the problem, he said, with guns is, you know, the teacher leaves... You guys just jump in when you hear something that doesn't sound right. Teacher leaves their gun in the desk. A kid picks up the gun going through the desk, starts playing with it, shoots people. I think the kids would be more inclined to play with a taser than a gun. 110% would agree with I that. don't think somebody who is trained would leave their gun... Also oh, that. that. Also that. ...in the desk. And you're... Everybody knows who's has taken any concealed class, uh, carry class, uh, that you don't do that. You, you, yeah. there's a reason it's called concealed carry mm -hmm. because you carry the gun. I'm a totally specious argument. 
Well, but it's not a gun at this point. So then those those you know things that you were taught are just right out the window because they don't they're, they're not they're not valid with the taser, right? Yeah, apparently uh, at least uh, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense that you know somebody would say that uh, on a syndicated radio program uh, without having thought through. You would not leave the gun in the desk. You would have it with you okay. concealed at well, all times. Well, I never, unless I'm at home and I have my firearm in a safe, because I only have one. What the, what the hell are you laughing at? That, he that, only has one safe. I only have yeah. one gun. Just oh. one. Just one <laughs> little tiny thing. No, on second thought, it's, 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 a, it's a mouse it's gun. It's, it's a big gun. Uh, anyway. It's a little noisy cricket. But, but yeah. the point is... Um, I don't leave my gun sitting in a public place. I don't leave my gun, nope. even here where they're pretty much nothing but adults, I wouldn't leave my gun at my desk. I carry it with me all the time. Yeah. And the same would, have, would be true in schools. John Lott looked at carrying in schools. Uh, he found the insurance rates didn't go up, that there's not a single case of a student getting shot by a teacher uh, or a teacher uh, losing their gun to a student. Uh, it turns out to be perfectly safe. So none of those arguments are valid. Uh, there is, however, going to be perhaps a change in the state of Virginia. Uh, and this is um, an unexpected change. But what will happen if what I think is going to happen happens? This uh, Washington, D.C. will have no excuse for their high rate of crime. The Democrats, for the first time in 20-some years in Virginia, have both the legislature... And the governor's mansion. And one of their top priorities is to pass gun control in Virginia to make it more difficult to, to own and purchase firearms. One of the arguments that Washington, D.C. uses is, well, the reason we have so many shootings is because people go into Virginia and buy their guns. So bad news for, you know, uh, people in Virginia who are concealed carry permit holders and believe in the Second Amendment. Worse news for the anti-gunners in Washington, because when they make it as difficult as they can to purchase a firearm in Virginia, it won't affect the number of people shot in Washington, D.C. Well, I mean, there's, there's multiple things wrong with that. I mean, for one, uh, if you're talking about handgun murders, uh, that, they say, well, people are just going to go into Virginia to buy them. Handguns cannot cross lines. Like, you cannot be a resident of D.C. and go into Virginia and purchase a handgun. But you can be a resident of Virginia, buy a bunch of handguns, drive into D.C., and sell them black market. Of course. And that might be what their argument is. Uh, but, but the problem is... But, re but restricting them in Virginia still isn't going to affect the good guys with guns. It's... Yeah. it's I mean, yeah. I mean, or it's still not going to well, affect the bad guys. The, it's only going to hurt the good guys, like we talked about earlier. Like Chicago, um, you know, you would expect if it were true that guns were migrating from uh, uh, Indiana to, to Chicago or from Virginia into D.C., you would expect that those states that are selling the guns would be experiencing the kinds of per capita uh, death rates uh, that D.C. is experiencing, but they're not. It's not the gun itself. And, uh, you know, we know from other countries that when they uh, ban them, that they become the number one black market import. Yeah. So 
it, it, it doesn't hold water. But it will, you know, it may it may kill a few thousand Virginians over the years, but it will certainly expose the left's argument about Washington, D.C. Well, speaking of Virginia, did you hear David Hogg's comment regarding... Oh, oh. well, we'll talk about that next. David Hogg, of course, the uh, rabid anti-gunner from Florida. Coming up next, Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is uh, 50, 5.0, 50 minutes after the hour. Uh, then uh, Megan and Mike are in from Black Rifle in Boonville. And uh, then Scott Van Kirk, my uh, guest host, uh, when I'm out of town or unable to come in, he has stepped into the studio. And one of the things he's famous for is dismembering every firearm he sees on site. <laughs> so if you hear the clicking and clacking in the background, you yeah. know Van Kirk's here. He's already disassembled an <laughs> AR, and he's now got a pistol in his hand. Good morning. Good morning. How Good are morning. you? Is this on? Hello. Yeah. Um, I'm that. well. I'm well. Yeah. I just uh, sort of popped in. I don't yes, know if you, you knew I was coming or not. I did. Oh, okay. You were All coming. Right. All right. Good to see you. It's good to see you guys, too. Yeah. How are we know? Hello, everybody. Oh, my God. There's a camera. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Are they showing Surprise. you? Surprise. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hi. Oh, boy. Uh, Brian, turn that off. Uh, get get the camera. I told you that sort of violates terms of a witness protection program that I'm involved in. But all right, <laughs> it also hurts ratings. It does. Just it so does. you know, I can only imagine. Just so you know. Um, all right, so David Hogg, and we all know who David Hogg is out of Florida. He is the uh, rabbit anti-gunner kid uh, who apparently doesn't know what he's talking about ever. Ever. Well, I mean, look who he's speaking for. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that in and of itself says a lot. So uh, what David Hogg wants is for the uh, state of Virginia to take the NRA's building, because it's located in northern Virginia, just outside the district. Mm -hmm. um, like, that's somehow going to... What is it? Is he literally, is he suggesting that the state government should just seize it? Seize it, buy it, make it go away in his eyes. I don't know. You know, immediately the Geico meme of that's not how any of this works pops to mind when when I heard that that's what he said. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just we, as we were talking about in the last segment, uh, how the, their argument is so full of holes that they don't have facts. They don't have the correct information to come up with an argument that in and of itself speaks for it, you know, right there. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's terrifying that somebody could be this ignorant. Um, well, he's like 12. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think it, uh, Gary, I think it goes to a, a deeper philosophical mindset for people of his ilk in that um, he believes that either they can or they should be able to, when I say they, the government, should be able to, um, at will, do these, do... Regardless of constitutionality, regardless of legality, regardless of, of any number of, of real tangible issues, um, that they should be able to just do what they think is best for us and for them and well, for everyone else. There's no, there's, it's, it's, this, it's this disconnect of, with, that they have that they think that, that the government, this is the right thing to do, so the government should be able to do it. Well, they, they have this deep and abiding suspicion that we can't make decisions on our own oh, because oh, heavens no. we're too stupid. And and so they have to step in and, you know, fix things for us. Uh, and, and his idea was to buy the building, use taxpayer money apparently well, to sure, buy the building. It's because that's limitless. And build a, uh, <laughs> well, it, it is. When you keep taxing everybody. Yeah. 
uh, and build a, a, a gun control museum on the what? property. Wow, that would be riveting. Gun control <laughs> well, museum. What would you put in it? What well, would you do uh, with the rest of the building? I'm thinking you'd probably have a dedication to Pol Pot. Oh. Perhaps Mao Zedong. Stalin, yeah. definitely. Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. And have some Hitler in there. Um, so, yeah, it would be an interesting historical park. You know, maybe on in lot Chicago and you get mugged on the way in. Well, probably, probably. And on the way out. <laughs> you know what? I, you know, he may have an idea. Uh, with your spin on it, maybe that's what we should do here is create a gun control museum where we go over all the countries where they enacted gun control, you know, Pol Pot and all the others. And then uh, list the you know the kinds of heinous crimes that were committed against the people. Can we just look at Venezuela? Is that not enough for right now? Well, no, yeah. no, no, no. no. See, well, we can, but they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah well, they're true. walking around with their blinders on. That's so. true. You want to do something like Venezuela? They're going to say, well, that's. Oh, that's, that's different. That's just the one. That's well, the, there's yeah. also, and there's also a lot of history deniers out there too. That no matter what Don't you say, are going to say, no, that didn't happen. So I mean you're 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 you're, you're making this museum to nothing. It's you know it's it's, it's Disneyland for us. I like the idea. Uh -huh. I I think you put the right spin on it. Well, that's Got the it. only way you can do a gun control museum. <laughs> well, if you that's want to show, good, yeah, I mean, yeah. from a historical standpoint, the history of gun control, you know, and from a historical standpoint, being somewhat of a student of history, um, certainly would like to be more than I am. Um, you you talk about the the mass disarming of the citizenry. You you talk about the um, in in very much in Hitler's case. You talk about the disarming of a specific populace um, that they are the undesirables. In this case, uh, followers of the Jewish faith. And to be honest with you, uh, homosexuals, uh, homosexuals, gypsies, gypsies yeah, the Roma, um, and. And anything, I mean, not even practicers, practice, practicing Jews, but ethnic Jews as well in, in uh, Nazi Germany. That were, those were undesirables. And you always have to, um, uh, I mean, that's a cautionary tale that should, should live on in infamy, infamy but uh, fails to, that the government designates a populace as, as being subhuman, less than human, um, that they are the... Uh, individuals that should not have um, all of the rights of everyone else. We should go right out to Hallsville, Chapman Road, buy a little piece of property, call it the Hog Gun Control Museum. Mm. There you go. And I'll bet you that it would draw a lot of attention. And we ought to put it right, <laughs> right next to Green Valley. <laughs> <laughs> so they can hear what happens when free people get to uh, exercise their Second Amendment. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. Sadly, you're not going to be able to hear the next segment of the program, Scott, because we've run out of headphones. Well, I'll, I'll just wing it is how, how I commonly do it. All right. Maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll just get Rich to, to yell loudly. Hey, Rich, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Gary and Gun Show. How are you? I'm fine, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. Hey, Gary, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't understand something. I mean, you know, every one of the mass shootings have been proven that the people who bought the guns legally were insane. Now, why is there no provision in the, in the, in the codes or whatever to have a, uh, I mean, I realize it's, it's frigging on personal, personal rights, but in the medical profession, they, 
they need, they need people um, uh, to be mental ill or... All right, well, there's, there's some... Pro First, there are some problems. Um, if somebody comes home from uh, Afghanistan and they've been uh, diagnosed with PTSD, do you let them have a firearm? I... Until they... Until they... Uh, come out of it. I, well, I, I well, like, come out of what? I mean, how some people have I mean, PTSD, they're diagnosed with it, uh, and they're not a threat or a danger to anybody. Uh, they're just kind of jumpy. Do you let them have a gun? Uh, yeah. And I how do you know the difference between yeah. that one and the guy who's... Where do you draw the line on mental illness? Because if stress, well, that's the, that's stress can be a mental We're, illness, nobody, anxiety... Nobody even, I agree with you that there's a, there's a fine line, but nobody even talks about it. They, well, they, no, they, they do they talk about it. it. They, they've, they've got these uh, red flag laws that they're considering all over the country. Uh, the problem is uh, they're largely ineffective, and it's very difficult to know who's going to be a danger and who's not, who's been diagnosed oh, and who hasn't. Uh, oh, and I don't want to tell a veteran who put his life on the line to protect me that he can't have a firearm because he was uh, diagnosed with PTSD when, in fact, he may not be a danger or a threat to anybody. Then you also get I into HIPAA laws. I agree with it with all that except for one thing. I may be considered the same, which I'm not, but but I, I by some folks I could be. You could be considered insane, which you're not, but somebody could consider you to be. But there's no background checks of any kind for any reason about whether you can or cannot have a, a gun because you're mentally ill. Okay, so they, they did give me uh, headphones now. And is it rich? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I got to hear most of your of your phone call and everything else like that. And thanks for calling. Um, here's, here's where we're at. The federal law, and including the background checks, uh, makes it uh, illegal for the transfer of a firearm to an individual who's been adjudicated mentally incompetent. And, and the key word there is adjudicated, meaning that that a panel of export experts or the prosecutor's office or any number of state agencies possibly involved in the uh, mental health arena have gone to a judge and that judge through due process has deemed that person to be mentally incompetent and they cannot possess a firearm everything else is just saying hey i think you're crazy all right now, what do i know we got to run, Rich. Thank you for the call. In just a few minutes, we're going to see what's left of these firearms from Black Rifle that Scott's disassembling.